Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Forever Young. It's definitely not. No, it's not Forever Young. Don't be fucking copywriting us, fuck's sake. That's the tour different intro I've had to do in three weeks with this fucking show. Um, and you found one that's as close to Forever Young as that's not Forever Young that you could. Like, yeah. As that started off, I was just thinking of Vo Pedro. Yeah, but look, that's, that's the intro, right? We can't get copyright strike on it because it's absolutely royalty free. Um <laughs> Sorry, we've started the show all over the place as usual. Uh, this is Winners and Losers from the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav. Dicko's with me. Phil is with me. Pete can't be with us because he's in on holiday in Blanche. Um, so uh, he can't be with us tonight. Fair play to him. Uh, Andy says it's, Andy in the chat says it's an absolute banger. There you go. Uh, Kieran B wants to know: Do we need to take mushrooms for our intro? We don't condone that sort of fucking carry on. Um, get Phil to sing an intro. He is. He's, he's tried his best to get his copyright strike there. In fairness to him. Um, anyway, winners and losers. There's no time limits this week because we have mm, two comp- two teams we want to talk about, and they kind of tie in with each other. But if there's anything else you want us to talk about, whether it's good or bad in the world of football this week, throw it in the chat. I will save them for later, and when we get through air, air stuff, we will bring them up if that's okay. Dicko, how are you? I'm okay, yeah. I know there's a bit of confusion about my participation, but I am here. I am well. Yeah. Well, we asked, did you want to come on tonight? You went, I'm out for the next two weeks. And then you just showed up at two minutes of ten. No, I meant the two weeks after this week. Yeah, you know, exactly. so that's how that's how your calendar that's how your calendar works, which is sound. We know that from now on. Um, Phil, you've had a haircut. Um, how are you? I have. I had a haircut the not the the week before last because it was the baby's christening. That's why I wasn't around last Monday because mm-hmm. I was absolutely in, in a bundle, bundle. Yeah. It, it was like the first time I'd taken a day off, um, proper day off. The kids, the, he'd gone to crash and herself had gone to somewhere. I think I actually sent it to Wexford for a week. And uh, yeah, the two of us just chilled out and I, I was brought breakfast in bed and everything on the Monday. It was phenomenal. Oh, it was. Unbelievable work. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, so the idea of doing a podcast at that stage, not a hope. Nah, not a hope. I still have, like, I haven't drank since then, so I still have beers and stuff in the fridge. So, Ray, if you want to come over, you're more than welcome. I can go to yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, Avo the Tort says, we're in welcome. showbiz, baby. Next topic. We're in showbiz, baby. There you go. Baby. You have to play it every show. It's, it's the law. Um, but look, we're going to, as I said, we're going to talk about a couple of, couple of things. If you want us to talk about anything else, throw it in the chat. And as I said, I will... Uh, save it and um, we go from there um, 
Yeah, I've a few bits to talk about. I'll get them later. Phil, um, you want to what do you, what do you want to talk about, Phil? Many things, Gavin. I've 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 had a wonderful time. I'd, I'd like to talk about life in general, and maybe just we could share parenting tips that could be no. good. Given there's nothing going on in the, in the football world, so the only thing that really popped up was um, the announcement by UEFA of its new version of financial fair play, mm-hmm. uh, invented by the Qataris um, who own PSG. Can we, and can we caveat this with you've read up on this and this isn't just you've taught something up in your head at lunchtime? No, no, this is this is in place. Um, okay. Some random person with a random name announced mm-hmm. it for UEFA today. So when, when you get a random name, it's generally an important announcement unless it's Seferin who's just coming out and just doing a, a cover-up or whatever it is that's going on. So this one is a big announcement. Um, they announce... Uh, the new things. I, I was sorry. I didn't. I only half re- read the press conference and then read Swiss Rambles um, thread on it that's on Twitter. So anyone sh- should go on if, if you want to see as ever. The guy spends all this time doing analysis, and his, his analysis is brilliant in terms of breaking uh-huh. these things into bite-sized chunks that people can understand. And then there were some major takeaways um, that came out of it because you know it obviously failed. UEFA failed in trying to prove that uh, Manchester City broke uh, financial fair play. So it it was interesting to see what the financial fair play version two is. And and they've gone out of their way to say that this isn't financial fair play. This is about stability. Um, Was it stability? So there's just three things that they that they're focusing on, and it's about financial regulation. Essentially, it's to it's to ensure this the stability and the longevity of the game and the clubs that are involved in the game. And if there's one biggest takeaway, Sounds is that there's now to me to be honest with you. Yeah, I know. But if there's one biggest takeaway, is there is one simple rule that more or less defines this completely, and is that you can only spend seventy percent of the revenue you generate, right? And they they've made it simple because spend even now or spend on wages. No, spend. There's no salary cap. They got rid of the salary <coughs> caps. Okay. Right? So if you earn one billion, you must show you at the end of the season million. that you have three hundred million left in your account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to make three hundred million in time. There has to be three hundred million of profit left. So thirty percent, seventy percent can go on whatever. Spending, right? But mm-hmm. it also takes into account Managers, you know, managers. It takes in the male players because it's 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 UEFA, so they definitely haven't talked about this long and hard, right? It takes in male players' wages and the that of the coaches, right? Okay. So that's 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 what can be spent on. Then the thirty percent is ancillary to what it is, but you have to show that 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 that, that bill is only seventy percent of your total revenue, right? Okay. Um, the it German includes, clubs and um, Spanish clubs includes agents' fees as well, which is quite, quite agents' fees, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when you get that's when you get into the deeper sort of um, what makes up the spend, what makes up the. the but the overall thing is, is that for every hundred million you earn, you can spend seventy you, million wherever you like. But at the end of the year, you must have if you if you earn simplify it if you have a hundred if you earn a hundred million, you can spend seventy. Yep. At the end at the end of that calendar year, you must show you must show that you've earned a hundred and you've totally left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what happens, if, what happens if a team does that for five years and you've 150 million sitting there? Do you allowed to put that back in? That comes back in. That comes back into their their, their working t- cash. But like, if if you look at the very rarely, very rarely is that do you have 30 million cash sitting there, Gav? It's tied up because players are amortized over 26 months in terms of their contracts. They're done over three years, right? So there's there's lots of accounting techniques which is paper money and isn't real money like cash mm-hmm. in your bank. The, in in reality, if you even if you're generating a profit, the money's going somewhere. It's generating something like you're not. But, but just and, just and just to clarify, then if you earn if you earn that hundred, you spend seventy, you've thirty left. 
the next year, if you earn another hundred, it's the seventy percent is based off one hundred and thirty million. Is that right? Yeah. Which so then you must have thirty nine at the back end of it. Yeah, but of course your your revenues are grown, so you should be able to. Your seventy percent is a, is a constant in terms of what's there. So mm-hmm. it's um, look to me, it's if if you didn't have what was going on because part of the rules also allows you to bring in fair value for sponsorship deals and fair value is just making up stuff that's the way now let's get into the, the real bit the winners in this are the qataris the are the saudi arabian public investment fund are the um Etihad lads in Manchester City who can just who are using it as 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 a thing because fair value means that you can say that this sponsorship deal that I have with that isn't associated to me whatsoever with this random hotel that isn't built yet in the middle of Abu Dhabi um that's funded by the same fund that happens to own us but is definitely not doing us and has now given us four hundred million. That four hundred million becomes part of the revenue. And if you mm-hmm. can show that, that that's 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 fair value, then it's it's game on. So if you look at the revenue model that 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 the Swiss Ramble posts on the teams, it puts Manchester City head and shoulders above all the English clubs. Their their, their commercial revenue that will be counted is r- roughly around seven hundred million quid, mm-hmm. right? Two hundred and seventy-two million. That the largest element of it is bigger than both Manchester United and both Liverpool's commercial income stream, which is ridiculous, right? Because when you look at their match day revenue for the whole year, it's one million as opposed to four million for Liverpool and eight million for Manchester United. Then you look at their broadcasting. We have we had more money from broadcasting than they did, but because they have these commercial deals, that brings their overall turnover up and means that their player that their cost associated to the players then falls below a threshold. So that threshold can only be seventy percent. Let me dig out. I'll dig out what it is. Right. So it says. Um, because it's the introduction of squad, it's a squad cost control ratio of player wages, transfers, and agents fees being limited to seventy percent of revenue and profit on player sales. Mm-hmm. Right. So, if you can maximize, go back to your hundred million. Right. So, if you make a hundred million this year, you can spend seventy million on players, on on re- player revenues, um, transfers, agents, and all that type of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. If you make a if you carry your thirty million over to next year, that becomes part of the re- revenue that's there. So if you have hundred thirty million, you can now spend seventy percent thirty of you can spend seventy percent of hundred thirty million as a opposed to 70% of 100 million, mm-hmm. right? So that means that what you can spend the following season rolls on. If you mm-hmm. keep carrying over that money, essentially that's what's going to go on. Now, as I said, the 30 million is unlikely to happen, but... But the, the key, is the key in this not, regardless of rolling on, is the key in this not what you land on in 2025? Because if you have a club that earns 500 million, right, um, a year, and all of a sudden they rock up in 2025 and go, oh no, by the way, we earn a billion a year. And they go, well, hell, oh, well, here's all the deals we've done. So we can now spend 700 million a year on our club. We no, have 300 million did. left there, right? And then the following yep. season, they can then spend 70% of 1.2 billion or 1.3 No, no. Th- uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but the observation period starts from 23, 24, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so yeah. that means that it's 90% in 23, 24, 80% yeah. in 24 or 25, and then 70% from 25, 26 but onwards, you, right? Yeah. But you have to show, your, it's your revenues gap, so you have to show how your revenue is being generated. Mm-hmm. So you know when you're saying that billion, theoretically, yeah, but you'd have to be able to show that the commercial deals that you put in place as a team that's not in the Champions League has are genuine and of fair value. Now, the fair value is the loosest part, so it's, it's how they how they apply the fair value structure to it. Yeah. So they, have, they just have to justify look, it. Exactly, exactly. And if they can do that, then it's... Well, it's, it's very easy to justify. We have someone that wants to pay us his money. And we talk, mm-hmm. that's it. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's fair or not. You know, it's like it's like you having a car and you know it's worth 10 grand. Yep. The fellow knocks on your door and says, I'll give you 20 grand. There's, there's nothing unfair around that. 
It's only on the person giving mm-hmm. you the money, but if they're willing to actually give you the money, there's no. So the fair value doesn't really come into it. But this is <coughs> where just, Newcastle are obviously going to manoeuvre themselves, you know, over the next few years into sort of replicating essentially what City have already started doing with all these commercial deals. I mean, Newcastle have basically they've got their kit sponsor this season, um, this fun eight eight sort of gambling crowds but they've actually extricated themselves out of that deal early which which i think is fairly unprecedented so mm-hmm. they, they probably kind of come to some kind of agreement um which you know normally would, would, would be unheard of but they're obviously doing that so that they can position mm-hmm. a much more lucrative probably saudi based or backed um um, outfit that again will probably come in way in with these heavily inflated numbers that will absolutely help them on the way to meet the financial fair play. You know, they've, they've already they've already signed a deal, haven't they? Today with a short sleeve sponsor, yeah, Neon, Neon the short sleeve sponsor. No, I don't know who they are. There are some crowds who focus on investing um, Saudi Arabian uh, public investment funds uh, across the world. So basically, the, the, the fund that owns the club sponsoring the short on the club so that they can sponsor people to spend money from the same investment fund that owns Newcastle. So it's crazy. But you know what's really interesting? If you were to bring those cost control measures in today, right? PSG who obviously we were talking about the Qataris at the start, they would have a cost control ratio of, of over 102%. They wouldn't even meet the 90% threshold for next season, Gav. Mm-hmm. So but straight I, away, I, but the rules, I, but the rules, I even think that, so basically what you're saying is if they earn 100 million, they're spending mm-hmm. 102 million, right? I'm, yeah. even, I'm surprised that number is that low. Yeah, I am as well. Like, I'm genuinely surprised that number is that low. I'm like, And I'll tell you why. Because... All this Chelsea stuff shone a massive light on this for me. Roman Abramovich, listen, the war, you know, he stuff frozen, wherever it might be, right? But at the end of the day, Chelsea Football Club were only in the position they were in because of a £1.6 billion loan from their owner. So no matter yep. how good they operated, no matter what they won on TV and everything else, they were they are they were sitting before they were bought last week or the week before, whatever it was, right? Or these they've kind of come in in the last week or two, haven't they? They were sitting on one point six billion. Now, I I understand it's from the owner, but if you've done that anywhere else, you know, if Liverpool turned around tomorrow and said we're going to sign these ten players over the next ten years, we've we've earmarked them all, Bellingham, whoever it might be, right? But in ten years' time, we're going to be one point six billion in the hole. It's going to take us one point six billion to do this. They wouldn't mm-hmm. have a chance in hell of fucking doing it. And I think that's what's shone the biggest lie for me. When you when you turn around and you go, listen, Chelsea have won two European Cups in the last 10 years. They've probably won three league titles in the last 10 years. They've won <laughs> FA Cups, they've won League Cups, they've won loads of stuff. But at the end of the day, that man was giving them 80 million a year just to stay afloat. 80 million a year just to stay afloat. And I can't understand how, how that goes down. And and that's what's shown the biggest light. Dicko, like, look, I'll, I'll get on to it in a minute about how you feel about certain clubs and different things. But what, the way I feel about it, Dicko, is, is that they've put out this and tried to ward it in a certain way where you go, look, we're trying to look after football and COVID after COVID. We have to get back on the bike and make things right. But I just see this as giving certain clubs time to position themselves over the next two years 
and then definitely over the next three years to be in a position where they turn up and they go, we don't give a fuck if you say 70%. Because if you're only letting us spend 500 million this year, we will make sure that we have 1.4 billion in three years' time. And we can, and in turn, we can spend a billion a year. You know the sort of way? Yeah. I mean, it's a framework that gives, as you say, um, these clubs who want to kind of work in a certain way, plenty of time, plenty of heads up to get all of these ducks in a row. I mean, the new Newcastle is the classic example there of them removing themselves from a, a sponsorship deal, which would have inhibited them in terms of the number that they could have reported in, you know, two, three, four years time. I don't know exactly how long was left on that deal, but they were a long-standing partner of theirs. They already extended the deal once. Um, they were clearly happy with what they were getting from them until the point where they were taken over by a state, essentially. Um, look, I mean, it, it's it, it, it's infuriating as a Liverpool fan when you're not in that kind of category. Um, how would we feel if we were kind of on the other side of the arguments, uh, maybe a little bit differently? And, and you know, when you see... City fans and now Newcastle fans on, on the likes of Twitter absolutely trying to kind of back and justify, you know, what they're doing as a club, you know, and, and sort of disguise the fact what, what's actually happening just because they're happy enough to be chasing, you know, trophies that, you know, they, they want to be qualifying for Champions League and all this sort of stuff. Um, and unfortunately for us, we've just got to, um, I guess, suck it up because, there's, there's, the, to me, there's, you know, this whole, you know, City being under investigation for years by the Premier League. You know, we see sort of Everton's finances, you know, all over the shop. But not ultimately, nothing happens to these clubs. Very worst they get is a little slap on the wrist. The lawyers will always come through if if it starts to get really hairy, as we've seen with 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 City's case in the past. Uh, where they managed to dodge the bullet, um, and unfortunately, it's just it's just it's kind of all going in that direction. And um, I'm certainly not one of those um, supporters. But, 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 but you know, whether I want FSG for the next five years or ten years, I certainly don't want FSG to be replaced with you know the equivalent of a of a you know uh, Abu Dhabi or. Saudi Arabia kind of scenario, you know, I, I would much prefer it to be, a, you know, a business model similar to what we've got today, albeit maybe with a little bit more uh, clout behind it um, financially. But look, we've just got to live with it. I don't lose any sleep over it because I think, you know, I think we're on the right side of the argument and actually what we're doing in terms of competing with the likes of City um, and even the likes of you know outperforming the likes of PSG on the European stage, that that gives me a, a, a greater sense of satisfaction than it ever would winning trophies. Un, you know, backed by all of these fake deals. Mm. Owen Borg says Kieran Maguire went through their books and he says Newcastle could easily spend five hundred million in this window and still be within FFP rules. Of course, he could because they're not in Europe. And the FFP only and kicks in, the only FFP only kicks in in Europe, and it takes them three years to actually assess them. So, yeah. you know, they'd be three years in Europe and they go, you spent 500 million in 2020. So, yeah, but we're making loads now. But it the, writes the, itself off. 
And there's also lots of other things. It's like just because you breach it doesn't mean that you can't enter competition. Now, there's even in this, right? There's a there's a there's a table at a uh, table form of what the punishments are, and they start with fines and work their way up to potential exclusion from the competitions or relegation from one competition to the next competition. And you know, UEFA aren't going to kick you out of competition. They'll find the people. And that's that's what it looks like. Or they might prevent you from signing players for a transfer window or two transfer windows like they did with Chelsea. They're not going to kick the club out of the competition despite us thinking that that might happen. And even with the way this is written, it's like going back to what you're talking about earlier, Gav. Like now, where there, there's no, there's less control now on what the owners can do compared to what they did before. So Abramovich did all that, that put all that money in and converted to equity, and it was a non-repayable loan and all that type of stuff. But under this, under the new regulations, over over three year assessment period, where before with the FFP you could only have a maximum loss of thirty million over those three years, right? Under this, it's potentially ninety million. Mm. That's acceptable. So you have to, you could have losses that total 90 million, almost 100 million for the previous well, three you, years. How, yeah, but, that, but when this comes in, you're not allowed to have a loss, no? No, you are. It's called an acceptable loss. So basically the way you get but, around but, the loss But part, you've just said that if you earn 100, you're allowed to spend 70. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it doesn't mean that you can't... No, it doesn't mean that... So basically one part of it is the what you can spend on players and what you can spend on coaches and what you can spend on transfer fees, right? Mm-hmm. The other part is how you're running as a business. So mm-hmm. there's, there's three tenets. There's cost control, stability, and sustainability, right? You could still be loss-making. The business could the business side of it could still be loss-making because mm-hmm. of OPEX costs and all that type of but stuff. But you're within the financial fair play as in what... what because your what cost control, because your wages... spending on, on, yeah. on the squad. Exactly. Your wages and stuff are only 70% of the total revenue that's coming in, right? Um, and the rest, say it's, the rest of it's less or whatever is going on, right? But in this instance, now before the owner could convert, say it was 30 million, right? It's, um, the owner could convert 25 of that to an equity injection, mm-hmm. right? And then 5 million will be deemed to be an acceptable loss. And this now, the owner can convert 55 million, yeah. 55 million to uh, an equity injection. And the five million stays there, and but that can be over three years. So you could actually take another thirty million hit on top of that as well, right? Mm. Which is ten million if they deem to be the club to be sustainable. So instead of five million, it becomes ten million over three years. That's thirty on top of the sixty that he's thrown in an equity injection, and that's a hundred million. That you're basically at a hundred million there. So you can run at a hundred million loss over three years and not get any, and not be outside this the once the wage bill, yeah, once the wage bill to revenue is at seventy percent or less. Yeah. yeah. Dicko, so you can do whatever you want. That's what I'm thinking. Dicko, how dangerous is this? And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, and, and look, in the Premier League, the Man City and, and now Newcastle are the obvious ones where you go, that's just unlimited funds and wherever it might be. But there's other clubs out there that spend a shitload of money and they don't do it well. Everton being one, right? Yeah. And and I'm not, I'm not bringing this point up just to bash Everton, but you've seen there finances over the last three years they're appalling and they're, I think they're struggling they're going to struggle in the transfer market this summer because of it unless they can sell probably their two best well considered their best player and probably one of their best players from last season the rumour is Spurs are looking at both Anthony Gordon and Richarlison right yeah. but how dangerous is this because this isn't like you know a fella coming in and putting 100 million in and all oh, the club are 50 million down and he's pulled the fucking plug this is billions of pounds. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I can see Man City's owners being there for a long, long time. And I can mm. see Newcastle's uh, owners being there for a long, long time. But just on the off chance that something comes in and 
doesn't something happens in the world where Saudi Arabia are frozen out or you know or whatever it might be how dangerous is it because you could literally see a club having no hope of survival if one of these either decided to walk away or were forced to walk away yeah I mean I think um if you ask you know City fans and Newcastle fans especially like Newcastle fans in say five years time when when what they achieve like is absolutely probably going to be over and above anything they achieved in the previous 30 years I mean that I'm I, I'm sure they would be more than prepared to take that risk for the for the likely success that's going to come the way the I risk think, of the club closing down yeah yeah I I honestly do yeah I like I I think you know some fans are absolutely desperate for success in this day and age some some fans are willing to kind of almost sell the soul to 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 actually go and achieve mm-hmm. something actually you know turn that mundane kind of you know, finishing mid-table or skirting with relegation into um, potentially consistent success, qualifying for Champions Leagues year in, year out, challenging for trophies. I mean, like, why wouldn't you in some ways roll the dice, you know? And and I think a, 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 a fairly large section of those that fan base or those fan bases and other clubs who potentially further down the road could find themselves being the third club um, bought and running this way. You know, they, they they they'll take that they'll take that gamble they'll take that risk because the rewards are absolutely immense. The rewards are experiences that you would never dreamed of of, of achieving. I mean, you know, Newcastle would have settled and probably would in the in the short term for you know an FA Cup, you know, trophies that we were we were mocked at winning this season, FA Cup, League Cup, you know. So these are transformative. Um, moments and for fa- for some fans, I think they'll they'd be prepared to take the risk. Now, the, now the flip side is you, you say about um, you know teams potentially going to the wall, you know assets being frozen, stuff like that. I mean, we've seen it with Chelsea. Um, you know the, the scenario that you know unfolded for them. You, you know they're always for these for these clubs for a lot of these clubs. There'll always be someone who comes along. Now it might allow them to, to do what they been doing under a certain regime but ultimately I think they're probably gonna even even if it, it means a return to the the previous kind of stature and the previous previous results and achievements on a, on a season by season basis I think someone will come along and and, and take the reins of a, a city or a Newcastle or a Chelsea if if, if things go pear-shaped because yeah, Kevin Sullivan says the Chelsea sale proved how many buyers out are out there willing to spend big to get into the Premier League, and, and I completely understand that. Like Phil, you, you see about you know the Premier League is where it's at. Um, you know if you want to own a football club at the absolute pinnacle, the Premier League is where it's at because of the whole infrastructure around it, the logistics around it, and what what it can earn. But can you see any more clubs being taken over in this in this style, um, to this size? I suppose because. I don't know if I do. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <clears throat> well, I posed this to you earlier on when, when I was talking about this. Like, I can't see. Well, sorry, not that I can't see, but I can see a logical exit for FSG now at this stage. Well, genuinely, right? Mm. Uh, like, and that and, and that's not doom mongering. I think they're looking at Liverpool, where they've put them, stadium redevelopment, that type of size, right? And I think if the opportunity for them. <clears throat> to buy an American football club comes up, right? Mm-hmm. That that's where you potentially see a nexus. Because as much as we think football clubs are amazing and the biggest things in the world and all that type of stuff, right? For the opportunity for FSG to own an NFL club, which is potentially four and a half to five billion in terms of the cost of to own it, right? And sports that they're familiar with, but one that has a natural rebalancing within the game itself. There's no rebalancing in football. There's none. There's no leveling of the playing field. Like they're looking at it and saying, no matter how well we run this club, and how, no matter how well we do this, we need a, an empty pit to actually compete with the top clubs in this purely because that's what is going to drive success in this wave or this generation of, of, of football. So for them being able to step back into something that they're more comfortable with, more familiar with, and has a natural rebalancing of the playing field built into the sport so is that no team becomes bigger than any other team right and that every team has a fair shot at this out between five to ten years in terms of winning the ultimate prize um seems logical and i think in that in that event that the potential opens up then then a potential say liverpool becomes more likely because they can probably get close to what they'd pay for the nfl club without having to put any of their own money in their own pockets to, to do it they probably sell liverpool for somewhere between Maybe one one and a half billion if if they're to put it onto the open market. Well, despite everyone thinking that, I, I know you think, but I don't think it would. Chelsea were sold for four point two five billion. Yeah, but they paid off one point six billion to Roman Abramovich. So if you take that out of it in terms of what was there, it's two point six. Mm, yeah, it's a it's a London it's a London based club. I know Liverpool will, and we're all Liverpool fans, right? But it is a London-based club in terms of what it is. You've got a lot of real estate associated with the club that's there. There's, yeah, there's that's, a lot of things when you go to the valuation. There, but Liverpool's what more than Chelsea football club. But look, I suppose we could argue over the prices all night, but the prices are relevant, really. You put your point stance. You know the sort of way that they could they could go and do that. Like for me, I don't know if I can see. I say this like with the Premier League. Let let more in, but why wouldn't they? Does, they can't stop anyone coming in there, you know. Because you're, you're they, running out they, of players, though. You're, you're running out of players in terms of who is who has who. If right, so we've gone past. I the don't point think you are. I don't think you are, Phil, because like Ashley says, does this encourage up the more legitimate owners due to the lack of ability to compete? I think that's a great point. I think it does because if you have a club, right, that say say Everton, and they want to sell their club. For, 300 million or four, I don't know much Everton or what, right? But just, just say for half a billion, right? Just for argument's sake. What's the point in Everton bringing in a like for like in an owner, right? There's no point. They're not going to get any further. The only thing people can look at now is 
they need to get somewhere near where Newcastle and City are. That's what it's turning into. Because, and even that, an owner look and go, spend half a billion on everything to go in and put another half a billion in and be 12th in the Premier League, 10th in the Premier League. It's just, it's, it's going to go to the point where I genuinely think you'll probably see two, three teams max having any impact on a Premier League for the next 10 years. And I really mean that. But Gav, my, my point is more so in who could own a club, right? Where it used to be, like you think to yourself, the richest people in the world. It's not even the richest people, it's the richest funds in the world. Look, look at the, this, this Saudi Arabian thing. This isn't just the sheik going in and buying the club, right? This is the state of Saudi Arabia essentially buying Newcastle United. And all the money that's in Saudi Arabia is open to put back Newcastle United to however much they want. Mm-hmm. That's the next step on from where we've been. Like, there's very few individuals who will be sufficiently wealthy to compete with nation states and rich nation states when it comes to th- to that level of finance. And you're probably down to the likes of Jeff Bezos, um, your man that used to be in Microsoft. What's his name? Better with the glasses. Bill Gates, that's him, yeah. Bill, how's your Gates? Um, but like, you're down to very, very few people in in reality to, to what it is. So my, my thinking here is that you're starting to run out of super wealthy, super rich countries that will have funds that they want to go in and invest into football clubs. So at some point, the break in this is probably down to the fact that you just don't have that, that wealth, that level of wealth to be available to invest in a vehicle or have, or have the desire to invest as it's basically a vanity. It's, it's a vanity t- push to attract people to that country that owns these, um, these, the, the, these football clubs. Cause think about Qatar bought PSG with the World Cup in, in its sights, right? That's what they wanted. The Abu Dhabi thing is purely a vanity project. It's to put, it, like, they're basically using it as a vehicle to sell everything Abu Dhabi. Etihad Airways, imaginary hotels, Etihad face cream, Etihad, whatever it is, right? It's Etihad Salas. There's all these things, um, be, be in sports. Like, you know, it's just, that's, uh, that's just there as, as the biggest advertisement campaign for Abu Dhabi, right? So who this is where I'm going? How many of these are left? How that's, many of these? Yeah, like, I know. Mm-hmm. There's not many of them left. There isn't. You know, you're not you're not buying. You're not an American isn't coming in with billions and billions to go come to America. Like it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? If you like fucking, if you like someone from Leeds, you know, I, I don't know the Oil of Man boy and going. Listen, the Oil of Man's great. Come on over. Like it, it doesn't work. But Dicko, you hear so much online. Um, and in the media and stuff about, you know, like, I'm, I don't agree with what's going on, but I'm quite comfortable with it. And, and people might think that's a bit weird because, look, when Chelsea were taken over in 2003, I think it was, I think it was 2003, he was, he was there a year, wasn't he, before he brings in Mourinho. Like, everyone kind of went, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? You know what I mean? Um, because it was kind of groundbreaking when it happened. You remember he was signing all these players and it was all going mental, right? And that happened. See, uh, like Chelsea, uh, uh, I give Chelsea some grace in this because, and it's not because I'm most used to it because it's happened 20 years ago. I give the most grace because when you looked at Chelsea, they were, their their league positions were getting better as the years were rolling up towards that. So they were improving. They win a Cup Winners Cup, I think. They won league and FA Cups, right? And that was absolutely fine, right? Um, well, not absolutely fine, but you kind of went big investment, you know, that, that pushed them onto the next level. 
Man City were nothing. Like, let's be honest about it. They spent three or four years in the first and second division in England, right? Averaging, you know, <laughs> Gates, okay, fine. But when you looked at league position, you were looking at 15th, 13th, 12th, all around that position. They go down, they come back up, they go back down again, they come back up. Um, you know, and, and they're kind of hovering, even even around 2005, 6, 7, I think they're around 8th, 9th, 10th in the league, right? And Newcastle are the same, where... They haven't won that in, I don't know, fucking the first cup in about 1957 or something, right? And that's why they're attractive. Because they're all right name. They're not huge clubs. They're not. But they're an all right name where you go, come in there, get them a good price and move them on. And that's just what's happening. Like, you, you, there's no point in giving out about it. Like, you see, I see I see Newcastle fans now online. They're like, we should go in for him and we go in for him and people are fucking fuming because we're doing this. And I'm kind of going, well, I'm not fuming, but... You know, it's a bit mad. It's a little bit mad the way the way this is being done, and it's you, you know, it's just it's just a run on from the other one. Like Man City to Newcastle is just the same thing. Two teams. Yeah. I think they're quite big. They're mid table at best, our Premier League sides, and they just get mm-hmm. big investment and they move on. And I think there's loads of players in the market for that deal. Yeah, I mean the thing is right the. If you take the whole kind of Man City and, and Newcastle comparison now, like the, the big problem for Man City, and it'll never it'll never go away really, is they're not even the biggest club in the city. You know what I mean? They will never they will never eclipse Manchester United. It doesn't really matter what happens on the pitch over the next ten years. They're, they're not going to eclipse Manchester United. That that's just the way it is. I, you know, I, I wonder if there's you know. It, it, in hindsight, would you know? Would would Abu Dhabi have preferred to maybe go for a, a, for a Newcastle because at least they are kind of a one-team city, and you know, mm. and I know they have some rival, you know, rivalry down the road in Sunderland, but ultimately, you know, they will have a captive audience. You know what I mean? They, they, they've got this. They have got this underlying kind of history and passion of fan base that, that have kind of stuck with them through thick and thin. And, you know, they, they would regularly uh, fill that stadium, you know, 50,000 or whatever, um, you know, even keeping up attendances at times when they were relegated. So, mm. um, so, you know, you've, you've, you've got to, you've got to think that, you know, in some ways, I think the Newcastle project has, an opportunity to kind of, you know, outperform and, and sort of, uh, you know, go past kind of what Manchester City did over the equivalent time frame. They've already kind of got the, the blueprint to be able to follow. I, I think they will probably bring success there quicker than, you know, Manchester City brought success. And the reality is now when you look at the transfers and the players that they're linked with, you can you can absolutely hand on heart say for about eighty to ninety percent of them that they're only being linked now because of, you know, the owners and the financial backing and what they're gonna be able to sell as a project, as you know, what they potentially could win, obviously what the wages are gonna be. Um and look, you know, uh, if, 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 you know, if you've got, you know, Newcastle fans out there who kind of, you know, aren't self-aware enough to realise this, then, then more, more to fool them. But look, we, in terms of where that 
all this puts us, you know, coming back to Liverpool, because um, ultimately that's that's all I care about is where do we fit in all of this and in this in this world as it evolves and the financial fair new financial fair play comes into being. You know, let's not let's not kind of get too despondent about it. I mean, ultimately, if this division could have four or five, you know teams who can challenge I think that's almost all the better for us because this this kind of persistent two horse race I don't think is doing us any big favours you know what I mean we, we, we've come on the we've finished on the wrong side of it too often for my liking if we can have you know multiple t- teams challenging I think you know and 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 you know maybe have four you know four or five realistic challenges um, going all the way deep into the season, then, then you know, I think it actually has the ingredients to be as a as a, as a competition a little bit more exciting. To be honest with you, over the years, the the, the worry as a Liverpool fan is these next few seasons are, are, are critical. You know what we do in the transfer market. We've we've almost got to be perfect now. You know because we are going to be um, you know competing. I guess more and more. With, with the likes of Newcastle, you know, City are always there. Although we, we don't ever seem to really get into direct competition with City on players, funnily enough. We may, we may see it a little bit more with, with Newcastle in the coming years. So that's what we've just got to be wary of, you know? Yeah, look, I, as I said, I, I don't really fume over it. I just, I we've seen it happen a couple of times and this is Newcastle's turn to happen. Do you know the sort of way? And, it's just the way it's gone. You know the way? And at the end of the day, the prime target is a club that's a decent size in Man City and Newcastle that are probably underperforming, which both are or were in City's case. You can get them on a good deal and you can go in there and you can invest your money and you feel you get a comeback on it. Phil, is there an argument that it, it would actually make more sense for them, for these investors to go in and look at an Arsenal? or a Liverpool, or a Manchester United, or a Spurs, someone that's already up there, and already you're going to pay way more way more in buying the club, but it wouldn't take as much investment after that to improve to get to the level. Would, is there an argument that that, could be, that could, could be one that just, that's a bombshell that could hit football in the next couple of years? I, don't, I think, again, it, it comes down to... What is the ultimate out here? Like, uh, if you take PSG as being the best executed example of one of these clubs coming in and taking over, and, and the, for the reason I say that is going back to a couple of points that you've mentioned, they've gone to a big city, they've gone and dominated the league that they were in, um, but they failed at the Champions League level. That's the only thing they failed at since they've gone in and taken over mm. PSG in terms of what's there. They have turned it into a global brand in terms of a fashion brand, right? Um, so it's a well, it's now become a a well known. Uh, brand in itself due to the pushing that they've gotten out of the Air Jordan brand across America and stuff like that and, and popping up on every celebrity is tops and it's one of my greatest bugbears with the Nike deal that we have is that's what I believed Nike were going to do with Liverpool's gear particularly in the States with the link to LeBron James and stuff like that and we just haven't seen in my opinion we just haven't seen enough of that given the type of deal we have with Nike um, and it makes you wonder should we have gone for that Air Jordan brand as opposed to the Nike brand where you would have seen more of this sort of cultural celebrity connection that's there. 
And then if you look at the Saudi to the Newcastle, they're looking at saying, going by the, what, what Ray said, yeah, it's, it's a one town, it's a one team town. Like you've got lots of teams around them. You've got Sunderland, you've got Borough, you've got thing, but Newcastle has one team. It's a big city, with one team that's, that's a traditional team and that it's had a long standing history in English football at the top level. They mightn't have won a trophy since they won the Texaco Cup in 1974, but they have, they, 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 you know, they, they are, have been in the mix. If you think the late nineties, they were in the mix. They became known in the mix in terms of what was there. Um, so I, 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 I look at it that way that they are trying to replicate that because they're thinking, well, we don't have to go in. We don't need to worry about derbies and, and all that type of stuff. We'll just dominate the Northeast. And by that, we will dominate with that team. And it allows us to simplify what we're going on. So what's left? Any, anyone that goes to buy a team in London. So you look at Chelsea, there wasn't a queue of, these um, nation states queuing up to buy Chelsea. Right? Now, I know there was difficulties around paying off Abramovich mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but there, but there wasn't. Um, you've got Tottenham, you've got Arsenal, uh, who else you've got? You've got Fulham, you've got Chris. You've got too many teams. This this brings it back to, you've got too many teams in there, right? So then it's United. Yeah, yeah, but I think the, the logical ones then is you've got United or Liverpool. I genuinely think the next two is, is logically are United or Liverpool. We know that the Glazers don't want to get out of United because they get nice little dividends taken out of there and the club generates its money. And they well, don't the leverage to worry they about. use on Manchester United to do other business deals is usual. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, why would they? It works from a business model for their, them from the owners. It works. The fans don't like it, but uh, they're the fans who've been managed to. And they own an NFL side. You know, yeah, you, you, could, you, could ma- you, could, you could make the argument that, you, like the one you made about FSG, whereas, you know, if the Glazers were to get an offer of four and a half billion for Manchester United, they could go, okay, we could buy, I don't know, fucking the, mm-hmm. the Patriots, just for argument's sake, right? If that comes up, they could go and do that and they might go, oh yeah, great, but they don't they own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They do, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they own that already. There was talk going back a little while ago that they were trying to leverage Manchester United against, uh, it was an Indian Premier League cricket, cricket team. Um, they wanted to do a billion pound deal on that and just got outbid on it. <coughs> it didn't work. So the leverage they're actually using um, on Manchester United to do other business deals is huge for them. Again, they get the dividends, they're taking their money out and that's where the whole Manchester United stuff comes from um, every but six months. But... I- the one thing I will say, if you and it goes back to my point that PSG is the best executed example of these nation-state clubs taking over, is it still means nothing. Neymar's gone there and he's wasted his career. I'm straight with this, right? The guy, you, nobody will remember Neymar's career in 10 years' time, right? Nobody will remember Aguero's career in 10 years' time. Nobody will remember what Kevin De Bruyne did after he when he went to Manchester City. And I thought like and this is not just hyperbole or in terms of, of, of random statements. There's a thing about football where you get away from the money and you get away with get away from all that type of stuff, right? It's still gonna it's so old. The game is so old. It's so well known. And the major clubs that have been around for 50 years are so well known, right? And, 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 and this is where it differs from American sports that winning a competition with an AC Milan, with a Liverpool, with a Real Madrid, with a Bayern Munich, with a Barcelona, with a Manchester United, right? From a player's point of view, will increase your earning potential so much more than winning one of those competitions with a PSG or a Manchester City or a Newcastle United. Even though Newcastle United probably has that added bit that they are a, a traditional club, but they're not a traditional European club. They're not a traditional powerhouse, right? 
So in, in my mind, right, you can pump, this is where this the one flaw that still sits in this and the one bit they're going to struggle. We'll see what happens there with Hal in that city. But like, can can you honestly say, hand on heart, in 20 years' time, you're going to be talking about, I don't know, who plays for City? This is, this is what I'm saying to you. Who plays for City? Who plays for City, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I know at the time when they were coming up, you worry about the players. But David Villa probably sticks out in my head in terms of, did he play for City? I no, he didn't. David Silva, right? Yeah. See, but this is this is my point. I, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I think that's where nobody... Pep's getting annoyed because Pep has seen that now. Pep has seen he's won four titles in five years, and he's gone. Nobody gives a shit. Why don't they give a shit? And he's kicking and screaming about it. But look, Sterling, I I... Mahrez. Sterling will probably be best known for Liverpool. Mahrez will probably be yeah. best known for Leicester. Yeah, but but Sterling <laughs> is is City's second all time goal scorer. Yeah. Which is fucking <laughs> mental. Um, but look, it's. It's probably something where you come back and you could probably look at it again at the end of the summer when you see what deals City do or Newcastle do or indeed Liverpool do, Chelsea United, because then you just kind of see what sort of money they're coming in. Like someone said earlier, like what's going on at Arsenal? They haven't had Champions League football in bleeding six years and they're still pumping 100 and 150 million in every summer. But they have they're they in have trouble a, if you look at the new, the, the new <coughs> yeah, but they they have a you David David owner that has a huge amount of money as well. Um, so it's it's one of those. Um, couple of things uh, people are asking when winners and losers starts uh, haha um, but we just, we, we just thought we'd have a big um, we'd have a big chat around that O'Shea McGlinchey earlier said though I, I wanted to bring this into you um, winners of the week Mike Riley standing down as the head of the PGMOL during the uh, during the upcoming season loser Howard Webb for replacing him um, Jesus Christ something wrote a mad article about that's, that's bad for worse isn't it Somebody wrote a mad article about how it's unfair the, the flack the fans give referees, and I can't remember. It could have been Jonathan Norcroft or Jonathan Wilson or somebody. It was. It was. A, I think it was in the Athletic. So it was probably Jonathan Norcroft. And I, um, I, I, for a fraction of a second, I, I started drifted back to seven years ago, Phil, and got angry about that statement. And the reason why I got angry about the statement is people feel this way about refs because they're deeply incompetent. The standard of refereeing in the Champions League is a lot better than the standard of refereeing in the Premier League. And we say this every time we're, we're going through the season. I don't care who runs the PGMOL. If they can put competent referees in the pitch, that fucking doesn't make a difference to me. That's I don't care who runs it. Just I, think it's gone from, I think it's gone from like conspiracy with referees. Like, oh, we supports this. You know, before VAR was always, oh, Howard Webb fucking loves United and he gives them this and he gives them that. And now it's gone from conspiracy to incompetence. And people hate referees because not only, like, look, if those referees are refereeing every week and you go, oh, he got that wrong, but I can kind of see where he's, you kind of have a bit of leeway with him. But now with the VAR, 80 cameras in the ground, instant replays, they can go off and watch, they can sit down on the soil and watch the match um, back if they want to make some decisions and they still keep getting it wrong. Um, it's yep. it's absolutely unbelievable. But Howard Webb stepping in as the, I didn't notice, Howard Webb stepping in yeah. as the head of the PGMOL is just yeah, I thought absolutely it was a joke. farce. I thought it was a joke when I seen it. And Dicko says, get ready for more greater Manchester-based referees uh, with web. With How can we get more? How can exactly. we get more? There's, there's so many of them, isn't there? And, yeah. um, Owen Burke is just waiting for Jeff Winter to take over as the head of VAR. <laughs> I mean, I think if, if United are in dire need of three points, Howard Webb will appoint himself to referee yeah. a game at Old Trafford. You just see him emerge. 
it's it's um it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, here's another one for you. Uh, Chris Brack threw this one in earlier. Um, it says um, it's about Frank Lampard. So he's a lot love this. Loser of the week, Everton and their Frank Lampard defence for his thirty grand uh, fine for his post derby comments. Basically, it's all LFC's fault. I haven't seen this. Has any have either of you seen this? If anyone in no. the chat has seen it, let, no, well, Chris, let us know I, what was said. Look honestly, it up, it's like a, at this at this time of the, at this time of the year, I, I don't care about. There's only one thing that's on my mind, sport wise, at the moment, Gav, and it's not football. What it's not it? football. Like, oh, it's, the it's, rest of the rest of the world, the rest of the world, Klopp and everyone is on holidays, and the, the, uh, world the only thing that anyone is. The only the only thing people are tuning into at this stage and caring about are the World Games. I was watching the Climbing World Cup at the weekend and I couldn't stop watching this. It's fantastic, phenomenal sport in terms of what it is. But like the World Games, man, I was, I've been catching up on the local news stories coming from see how it's going on in Birmingham, Alabama. And it's fascinating, some fascinating news stories that are coming out there. All the geese and the ducks have gone missing in Avondale Park where the archery is going to be going on. Either the smartest ducks and geese in the world or the Americans have made... Lots of animals disappear. <laughs> it's the south, so they might have been out doing their own shooting practice uh, with the guns that are legally owned over there. So there's like a whole flock of geese and everything in this park. In the uh, when is the war game starting? Now? It mustn't be far off. Ten days. Wow. Ten. Wow. Days. So that means Ten it starts on a Thursday. Just randomly start yeah. on a Thursday, which is fucking phenomenal. Work. Not um, Friday or Wednesday. Or I mean, my thing is the winners at the moment are the the long suffering, like you know, partners of us, you know, avid football fans who don't have to be subjected to any of the football for for a good few weeks. But oh, would you consider them losers, Dico? Because then they have to put up a Jew. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> genuinely, my wife said to me the other day, "When is the football back?" And and she goes, I goes, "Why?" And she goes, "Because Jesus Christ, like we get like some sort of good form out of you when the football's on, like you're just moping around the gap." Um, <laughs> but but yeah. well, do you know? Do you know? Actually, there's the biggest loser, the biggest loser of the month. I'm going to put it down to the month. FIFA. This is World Cup. This is the World Cup slot, right? Is. This is what we, yeah. we should be talking about. World Cup football. Yeah. We won't be talking about it at Christmas time. No. It'll just be a noise in the background at Christmas time. I, I genuinely, like, I haven't given that woke up a second thought. I, I, I genuinely don't know what date. To, and I should know this because I run this podcast and I should know what, what we're doing in December and, you know, what we're going to do around the World Cup or whatever, or if we're going to do anything. But I genuinely don't know what day it starts, what day it ends, who's in it. And I'm a bit like you on this, Phil. Like, I do know who's in it, but I don't know who has what group. You know, the only one I know is I think America might be an England's group because yeah, America, England, Scotland. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and that's like, not even a group. That's I just making that. up random stuff. They're just, they're just, they're just. Uh, there wasn't a draw. That was just like people saying that that's what's going on. Nobody knows. Nobody's even paying attention. Right? So they can say anyone is in anyone's group because nobody's paying any attention. Mm. And you know what's going to happen when the when the when the league breaks? We're going to be like this. Jesus Christ, this thing is so annoying. I'm not even, it's Christmas time. I don't want to be paying attention to something going on in Qatar. We're looking at sunshine when you have to deal with the piss and rain and the grey in Ireland. That would yeah. just make it. Andros, and, um, more Everton stuff. Um, one that did, did, did um, and I'm trying to know because people are throwing them in here. Um, there was one during the week where I think Everton were linked with 25 million mil for Harry Winks. And I was only t- I was only talking about Harry Winks on a show last week, saying I think you reckon he will leave Spurs. You won't get a look in with Basuma signing there, but um, <laughs> some fella put up a tweet and he goes, "Harry Winks 
major man. What's your man Dave? Ben, what's your man Davis off? Tom Davis. And he goes, Harry Winks basically made Tom Davis look like a brilliant footballer when he played <laughs> against Everton. And we're now going to go and sign for 25 million. This is fucking mental. Andros Townsend has met with off about Klopp apparently um, by basically saying he's got his own way because of the five subs. Five subs yeah. um, but you would have thought Andros Townsend would be happy to be five subs because he might get a game. And, oh, yeah. and not only that, I don't think Andros Townsend realises that you need 14 managers in any of those votes to vote for it in order for it to go through. Now, unless Klopp has Andros Townsend doesn't exist. He's like a shit fucking championship manager regen of Andy Townsend. It's like, well, we'll use Townsend. What is an Andros Townsend? Doesn't exist. Right? You might as well be talking about Harry Winks. That isn't, that's not real. That's not real. Doesn't exist. Don't John be talking. No wonder you didn't sign. John Baptiste. John throws him up here. He says, did anyone see that fella from Qatar? Said if anyone waves LGBT flags at the World Cup, they'd be put in jail for seven to eleven years. He said they're going to their country. You should respect their religion. And no, I haven't seen that, but um oh, it's going to be mad this World Cup. Yeah. Like, genuinely it's going to be fucking Can't be any mad. madder than the Dallas Cowboys having a sniper in the stadium in case there's any trouble. Oh well, don't, don't go there, <laughs> Jesus Christ. There might be some out in the side, you never know. Wait looking for these flags. I mean, yeah, I it, like I it's just I, you're right, the schedule and it uh, looks a bit mad as well. I think there's on some days there's four games like back to back. They start at something like eleven o'clock in the morning, our time, and then run all the way through to the to the evening. It's it's like it's gonna be oversaturation and I think a lot of fans will take the opportunity to have a bit of a, a break and maybe Just only tune in. Yeah, do you think so some people might be like that because like, don't get me wrong, loads of football fans are there, love the, you know, playing on the 24th or 22nd, you get Boxing Day or Stevens' Day, whatever when, way you want to call it, and then you get one of the 29th, you get one of the 2nd, and then you get FA Cup, and people love that, banging, you know, games banging away over Christmas, but there might be a good few out there going, oh, that, this might be a nice little time off now, you know, just to recharge the batteries and get ready for mm. the running. It's it's a bit of a strange one, but look, um, I, don't, I can't say any more. Uh, winners or losers coming in so and um, before we finish up we're bang on an hour we try to get this done in an hour and ten i think so phil the war games 10 days to go As um, said, and this is where loads of people will switch off but don't the war game is amazeballs, <laughs> balls right if you want to see if you want to see why would you turn off oh because why people turn, turn off? off as soon as we stop talking about Liverpool, people turn off it's mental um <clears throat> but if you want to see people playing chess, stopping and having a boxing match for three minutes and then getting back to chess, this is where you need to be, right? Because that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. But Phil, you sent me a video earlier of... now. It's only on for 10 days as well. The great thing about the war games is it's only on for 10 days. In so and it happens no it's all messing. really quickly, right? Yeah. There's not a list like, you know what the Olympics goes on for a year and you go like, how is that still going on? Yeah. Are those horses still doing their thing where they go like... Yeah. So like that's not an Olympic sport. So the latest one only sports. So the latest one is right. Do you ever watch the Olympics where a couple of uh, the, the, the <laughs> ground events as they call them, isn't it? In in the in, oh, in the athletics, so right? So, so do you ever see the one where they have the big square and the, they do like um, flips and all across the uh, diagonally across the square and they do a little dance and I can't I don't oh, know what the, what's it called. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, the floor. The floor. I, I, yeah, I think it's the floor. Yeah, the floor. right. Yeah. So so. So they have they have that right, and then if you ever look at the one where they run, 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 and then they bounce the on this, they bounce on it's this the kind vault. of springy thing, hit the thing, and they flip up in the yeah. air and land, and they get points. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You've seen that in the this Olympics. Gets, this gets rid of the vault, gets rid of the floor, and makes them do... Uh, it makes no, them no, run they make them, they make them run really bit. fast, do loads of flips in a straight line, but what have they called the Phil? Tumbling. <laughs> Tumbling. <laughs> it's fucking Tumbling. outrageous. It's, it's fantastic. It has to and be actually, a wind-up. Oh, when I started watching Tumbling, I was thinking, what's Tumbling? Like, is it just like, you know, as a kid's where you get a hill, a hill? I thought, like, honestly, you know, and I actually think this would be a great sport. I had visions of Bobby Firmino tumbling as much as he could. And how far, it depends how far you can get. How far you can go, yeah. Like, or a, a, a running track where you yeah. just tumbled around the running track for as long as you could, like 400 metres. Who could go around the tumbling, right? But now it's power, but it's power tumbling, Gav. So that's what it is. So yeah. basically, it looks like somebody's. Um, done some type of weird computer. Sean Burke wants thing. to know what's the World Games. Head to uh, www.worldgames.org and all will be revealed. It's it's outrageous. It's like a literally, and then they go and they bounce, but like they're not tumbling, they're like flipping and twisting and thing, but it just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And then you have to land at the end. But the best bit is that because they've tumbled so much, every single one of them are dizzy as fuck, are they? They're dizzy. So when they land, they right? look like they've had about 12 points, don't they? <laughs> but the fact that you just call it tumbling <laughs> is fucking outrageous. And I I'm genuinely think this is a complete wind up. Look, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the countdown to come, right? And the website to just go, ha ha, you know, because this 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 can't be real. It's on CBS. Yeah, if you have um, him, is it CBS? Is it yeah? Because because Kevin Sun says, please tell me it's televised somewhere. CBS. It's on live. It's on live, and you can you can also go onto the War Games website. They have live coverage of the events as they go. There's canoe marathon. I can't imagine much is going to happen in canoe marathon, right? Canoe marathon. What's that? Just really long canoe in Alabama. Canoe race, you just get in the canoe. There's no like gates or anything, and they start paddling and they go on for ages. And they just don't tell you where the where the finish line is. You just keep going until <laughs> they tell you to stop. <laughs> you end up you end up somewhere in the sea. You know what it says? Welcome, like I say, welcome to Alabama, and then it'll yeah. say welcome to Louisiana. Yeah, there's a fucking there's a boy the there's a boy off the coast of New York somewhere where you have to fucking get to, and then you might win. That is just <laughs> unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And but there is, I, I was so I was re- reading the news clips from Birmingham, Alabama today to see how excited they're all getting. So the the flag, they took a flag. Now, I don't know if this happened on January sixth when Trump was there, right? But they took mm. a flag from Washington D.C. Um, for the American team that's been brought all the way from Washington D.C. to the opening ceremony of the War Games, and they're going to raise it there. So it's a, uh, it's very exciting. It was in Mobile, Alabama, yesterday. Um, and they were leaving there. They wanted the crowds out to sit, to cheer along because it was um, some army veterans. So instead of bringing the Olympic flame around the gaff, they're just walking around with a flag. <laughs> like they, 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 it's just, it's, it's, I can't put my finger on it, but it's like, um, it's just like a, a knockoff off version of the Olympics, but in a really drastic way. <laughs> Sponsored by the Olympic, the Olympic Committee to sponsor this. This isn't like just a group of lads. Oh, they're in it. These boys, the real Olympics are in it. Okay. Of course they're in it. Like it's the, oh man. Tomorrow's Olympic champions, you know what I mean? I mean, do you not guess how much a day passes to go? How much? $35. What a bargain. Can you bring your own gargle with you? Oh, well, I'd say that needs to be left at the door, but yeah. <laughs> you'd sneak a can, a can or two in. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I think if, if if it works right, Gav, we should contact them and see, can we show tug-of-war highlights? 
because I had this tug of war as one of the competitions. And I want to know, is there one country who just for a laugh go, uh, and let the others go flying? Uh, yeah, but CBS down. have it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let you do it. Like, um, no, it's a serious broadcaster. I like yeah, Chris Golden's suggestion. I, I I presume this isn't a sport, but 50, 50 metre belly flop diving would be epic, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's just I I just think it's amazing. Like, and I'm, I'm actually starting to um, I'm actually starting to come around to the idea of just sitting and and sitting with somebody and watching a day of this and recording it. Telling you, I'll you take know, the day just, off. We'll just we'll just do it. Oh, uh, just it's unbelievable. Like just sit with a load of cans. Watch it. Because the names of some of the stuff, floorball, that's hockey, isn't it? Uh floorball is hockey. Yeah, it's yeah. it's what we used to play in school as chess um, chess boxing. <laughs> but fistball, fistball, any, anyone everyone's gonna get into fistball. Fistball yeah. is fantastic. Or is it corfball? I can't remember which one it was now. But they're all it's, balls. It's so it's it's absolutely unbelievable. But listen, go and check it out at games org if you want to see all the events. Life-saving. We have to cover the life-saving, Gav. It's still to this day. Right? All right, go on, go on. <laughs> life-saving, go on. No, we've talked about it before, but I, I keep going back to the clips and it's still a mental. Lads with fake dummies under their arm doing lengths of the pool, right? Yeah. It's basically, it's ba- oh yeah, I remember that. That's basically like, yeah. you know where you got your Kiara, yeah, the Kiara um, certain skill. If you yep, like, you got exactly one for just if for just getting in the pool. You got a cert, but then the certs got harder. And like the hardest one was like jump in down into six foot of water and pick up a fella that has a brick attached to him and bring him back up and all. Um, mad stuff. Um, we won't be doing. Sky we, no, was one of them. Carla Dunham says watch along war games on the day trip or something. No, it won't be happening on this channel. But um, you never know. We could record it and put it out somewhere. We don't know yet. Um, <laughs> uh, I assume no one's bid for the European TV rights. Get on a field. Says Red Steve, <laughs> change his name again. Um, G ten, G ten says just Google the World Games. There's a video of lads throwing <laughs> plates and saucers. <laughs> yeah, that's frisbee. They call that one. And that. That's frisbee. Um, or that's that's their version of archery. There's a there's a beautiful um, Nike World Games um, dry fit training top. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I have to get them. Yeah. That has to be official uh, official gear. Do you know what though? To be fair, <laughs> they have canopy piloting. Canopy piloting is basically just a, a, a made up name for parachute. Basically Tommy C says. Plane. Tommy C says worst winners and losers show ever. Why? We spoke about good things and bad things, and then we're ending on really good things. You know what? I think it was good, and it's the summer. This is what we do in the summer. Laszlo Palafex, baseball, not in Qatar. This, <laughs> <laughs> Ashley L. Ashley L. says it must be a quote from the website. Three thousand six hundred world class athletes from over a hundred countries will compete for gold in more than thirty of the fastest growing sports in the world. They're just sports that they've renamed. It's, it's, they haven't made these sports up. They've literally gone hockey. Uh, floorball, <laughs> floorball. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucking amazing. Um, so instead of having instead of having ice, archery, you know, ice, uh, target shooting. You know, they just well, the, the archery. Archery is bit is a bit better because it's moving targets rather than just yeah. the stationary ones you get in yeah. the Olympics. Like, yeah, you it's like a by one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if they had that uh, that Russian you know that mad Russian fighting where they dress up in the, the armour Chris, Gil- Chris Golding says lads I am sure this is all based on an Australian comedy crowd look up the ads or can I paste the address here 
Uh, Chris Golding, if you want to email us, lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com, you are more than welcome to send us that because I'm genuinely think this is all a wind up. And I, I, I got involved I, on the website. You can, it says get involved. And I actually emailed them at one stage and said, look, is this like to become a contestant or is it just like, <laughs> just I'm going to play in the archery? Is that what it is? Like how, where, where were the qualifiers for it? You know the way it's a uh, can't be the Olympics, so they did something. So they do duathlon instead of triathlon, right? So duathlon yeah. is run, bike, run. So there's a fella in the, they were interviewing him. I saw his interview, and he was like, "They go, yeah, I wasn't great at the swimming, so I much prefer this. It just means I only have to run." And I think the man says, well, "What's your favorite bit? Is it is it like the running part or the the cycling bit?" And he goes, "I think it's the running part because I like running." <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic here i have to say um this started as a laugh a couple of months ago and phil was telling us about this but like we've really got into it and um well like we're gonna like 10 days to go I'll, i'm genuinely gonna follow it now you know i'm gonna look up highlights youtube i'm sure phil if it's on cbs I'll i want be able to follow i want it. I, I want Kev O'Sullivan if you're out there I'm just, and I think you're in the chat listen when you're doing the um, multi-sport show on a Friday the War Games has to be headlining what happened this week at the War Games only 10 days it's not going to be you don't get to do two shows yeah, <laughs> Owen Borg says this takes me back to the old days of the trippers talking nonsense after the football chat if people want winners and losers to be turned into a random football slash random show on a Monday night we'll absolutely do it for the summer there's no issue there because there's nothing yeah, yeah. happening you know what I mean? Nothing. If we can come on and talk about the football and talk again about the World Games, there's no problem. And people, listen, I'm going to tell you, let, let, me, let me be straight with you. People watch this show if they want and they don't if they don't want to watch it. And we can't make them like, subscribe, share, comment. We can't make them do fuck all. So if they don't want to, they don't. It's as simple as that. We're not out here for all that. The World Games have got, you know, a lot. Um, we've got a, a Qatar to thank for this because they are on the world stage. There's nothing else. Yeah. They're not competing with anything else. There's no Olympics. No Olympics. There's no World Cup. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like could, today could, at the games. Could, could you reckon the World Games could turn up next December and just call a cup ball? And they just, <laughs> they just fucking, they have it in a really hot state in America. And, you know, instead Probably of teams, are. they just have skills playing in it and, you know, they genuinely could. Um, they genuinely could. Um, but look, um, Carla Dunham likes the random chats. It's the summer. Like, do you want us to make up football stuff to talk about? Like tomorrow night, we're going to do we're going to do a transfer show. But all the transfers and all the names out there, that'll be grand. Wednesday, we're doing a, a quiz, which I'll come back to in a minute. Thursday, we bring on viewers to be in the viewers' voice. Friday, the lads will do sports and plug all the different sports they want to talk about. And Sunday, we'll be back for the fat back four. And Sean, he'll be back. Which is great because people thought he'd retired wow. yesterday. Um, yeah. But a couple of things. Um, <laughs> come on, what are you laughing at now? Was the, was the one story I forgot to tell you about? Right, they have on. the speed skating track set up in. Um, I swear to God, you have to see this. It's not a real speed how, skate. I don't know how to do this because it's. I've, I've, I have it on screen here because I'd kept it from earlier on, right? But Gav, it's literally a car park. I can't, right? So basically. <laughs> You know, ice skating, they're not on ice skates, they're on rollerblades, right? So, because you can't do ice skating because it's in Alabama it's in warm. the sun. They have this blue track for the rollerbladers to go around, but it's like, there's nothing. They've literally gone to a car park, right? I swear to God, they've gone they're to a car park. just painted the blue thing on the car park. 
and just paint the blue thing down. And beside it, there's like an office block that you'd see in the office, right? Right. <laughs> right? There's no stands. There's no nothing. And there's just a fence. If you can imagine. It's like you see it. I'm telling you, get on it. You'll love the war games. And it'll keep you going um, for 10 days or whatever it is in 10 days time. Um Fatalcon is on your screen. Um, I told you last night we passed the 10K. You can still donate to that till the... I think it was the 10th of July, but we've extended it out because Phil is, thing, yeah. Yeah, Phil is doing his thing now um, where he's going to, I think he's doing a triathlon, not a duathlon, um, but he's... No, I'm doing an adventure, it's, it's a triathlon. Okay, so you, you're, you're cycling. I'm running, well, I'm mountain running, cycling, and then kayaking. Okay, so it's a triathlon. I'm actually doing my own, I'm, I'm doing my own world, ga- world games. Right, so <laughs> Phil is in the World Games Ireland. Um, so <laughs> if you want to donate to Phil you can go into the uh, Failicon link that's in the description and yep. donate there to Phil yep. Phil is spreading that amongst all his friends family uh, social media and stuff like that um, we have got a quiz on Wednesday but it's different um, we are having nothing to do with it it's all about viewers only viewers can win it's an interactive one which we're setting up tomorrow and Wednesday um, you will need probably two devices to watch and play the quiz, okay? Because you will watch the show on, on a laptop. You will play the quiz on your phone via a link. The link will be put into our um, Telegram app on hopefully Wednesday morning. People can join up. And I think the thing we're using maybe allows us something like 50 or 100 people in. But we'll explain more as I get it sorted in the next couple of days. But as I said, it's going to be live. There will be two or three people on screen going through the questions. Um, you will be doing it on your phone. If you get if you take the link and go along, it will be Liverpool based questions from the Premier League years. They're all multiple choice. Um, fastest finger force gets more points and all that sort of thing. There will be leaderboards after every round. It's going to be a bit of crack. And um, we will have comments coming up. We put them on the screen, all that sort of thing. So check out our Telegram app. It's very easy to do. Um, if you go to the community tab in in our YouTube page, you will be able to find out how to get on there. We will release it across social media, but the people in Telegram will get it first in order for, to go in. But as I said, if you're going to do it, if you're going to watch and play, um, use two devices: laptop for watching, um phone for playing or vice versa whatever you want to do so just to let you know that but all the details will be put in our telegram app on wednesday morning and once it's put in you can actually join you can join it there and then and it'll keep you joined in until we start all right um yeah that's about it phil anything else before we go anti chill wants Mm -hmm. to know um Mm -hmm. do you have to cycle with your kayak on your back you actually have to cycle it with on your head like a a massive hat right Right. (laughs) yeah like an elongated sombrero like if I was an admiral in Napoleon's navy. <laughs> this is no. This is actually a serious thing you're doing, isn't it? It's like you're not messing here. Like this is a serious no, thing. No, you're no, doing. Oh, no. Uh, twi- he's laughing here, but he's fucking bricking himself. I'd say. Uh, <laughs> Dicko, anything else before we go? Legs from bits. Legs from bits. I was up and down the oh. mountain yesterday. I was on the bike and I was back up and down the mountain again. So it's like I'm just in, in a heap. No, fuck that. Not for me. Dicko, anything else before we go? No, won't be around the next couple of weeks, but then after that, we'll be very close to the... Uh, Isn't it weird that you've taken the time off during the World Games? Yeah, I get back from a holiday, <laughs> so with three days to go, so I do have some opportunity to have That's a the big one. That's when the, hundred, <laughs> that's when the 110 meter hurdles comes in and it's just called jump fence. You know what I mean? Jump fence. <laughs> so, With your legs yeah. tied together. You've tied that well. You've tied that well. I can just see it coming back from Lanzarote, dropping the bags in the hall and telling the missus, listen, war games, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and get them to switch it on in the middle of the um, All-Island semi-final. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the All Ireland semi final is on a dick upstairs going. You couldn't stick on CBS there, could you? <laughs> For the World Games? Dicko in a Dicko in an Irish bar. Fist ball Dicko in an Irish bar and lands a right with the big screen on. <laughs> chess boxing on. <laughs> About 200 people around the 40 inch plasma trying to watch the All Ireland semi. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, and I wouldn't put a boy Dicko either to ask that question, to be honest with you. Just um, to annoy some people. World Games there. I'll tell you where you will get the war games over anywhere. The Beehive in Liverpool. That's where you get it. The Beehive is most definitely torn on the, the war games. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that has been winners and losers. Well, it hasn't been. It's just been us being randomly chatting about football and um, the war games, to be honest with you. Some liked it, some didn't. Um, but listen, the chances are this is what it's going to be like between now and probably the end of July. So um, strap yourselves in. It's always a good laugh. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. World Games. Sports Social Podcast Network.